This week's episode made possible by our friends at Independent Bank. You can learn more about them at i-bankonline.com. Good morning, Memphis. If you have just changed the dial and are just now joining us, you are listening to Meanwhile in Memphis on WYXR Radio 91.7 FM. And this is Meanwhile in Memphis, um, brought to you by New Memphis. I am your host, Anna Thompson, otherwise known as AT, and I have the privilege, nay, the joy (laughs) of bringing on my work wife and office mate, Erin Wendell, to the studio today. Hey there, Anna. She's excited because since we're recording a podcast together, I can't type during this meeting um, I, with know. my my very aggressive typing. You, I, you get you an know, hour reprieve. You just I get do. to talk to me instead of hearing me type. Yes. And it, for you, instead of you um, giving your iPhone reminders to <laughs> have you pack things later, I won't just turn around and say, yeah, okay. I'll do that. And you're like, yeah, not talking to you. Poor AT <laughs> thought I was giving her orders when I was just <laughs> trying to have Siri get my life right. <laughs> I cannot think of a better co-host for me today as Erin comes from a wonderful background as an educator and in our school system here. So would you like to tell our listening audience a little bit about your journey? Sure thing. I taught ninth grade English, um, deep love for English and, and love working with that grade level um, as they're kind of making the transition from middle to high school. It's a great opportunity to kind of reset expectations and help them start that part of their academic journey. Um, I also coached English history and Spanish teachers as the dean of academics. So I'm passionate about teacher support um, and empowering them to be Uh, effective educators. And then, of course, now leading the STRIDE program here at New Memphis, supporting our newest teachers, those first, second, and third year folks in the classroom, um, continuing to serve educators from from a different seat. And as you said, I think it's a a good pairing here today because you also have a background in journalism. I do. And our lovely guest today is kind of a marriage of those beautiful things as well, a background in journalism and and now... uh, really passionate work for education. Absolutely. So um, Aaron teased it a little bit, but today in the studio, we have Michelle McKissick. She is the Shelby County Schools board chair, and we are very, very excited to have her here. We are going to talk to her about a lot of things, and one of those is her 2021 TEDx Memphis talk titled, Why Betting on Public Education is a Smart Investment. So Michelle Robinson McKissick is the board chair, like I said, of Shelby County School Board of Education, and she has served on the board since 2018. McKissick is an Emmy Award-winning journalist, which we will talk about later, Um, and then she has a passion for helping children and supporting public education. She's also the former editor of Memphis Parent Magazine, where she provided parents with the guidance through articles and the tools to promote healthy families. But many local TV news viewers will recall her as Michelle Robinson, the news lady. She worked for many years in Memphis as a news anchor and reporter for ABC 24, News Channel 3, and even began her broadcast career as an intern at Action News 5. So she made she made the rounds here in Memphis and has definitely a lot of experience in that realm. Michelle has also worked as a reporter in Washington, D.C. and in Chicago, covering events such as the historic 2008 Democratic National Convention, nominating Barack Obama, who became the first African-American U.S. president. So that is quite an impressive journalism career. And then she's also risen to the top as an advocate for public education. Truly impressive. Thankful for her service, uh, you know, to the to the district and to hear more about where things are moving. I'm excited. And you will also get to hear, like I said, her 2021 TED Talk. So without further ado, dear listener, let's get started. 
Good morning, Michelle. Thank you so much for joining us in studio today. How are you? Good morning. Good morning. Good morning, Anna. Good morning, Aaron. I'm so glad to be here. We're excited to have you here in this lovely pink jacket. <laughs> oh, it's so good. I totally cleaned up just for you guys. I if you it. had seen me before. Oh, I mean, you should, you should see me now, dear listener. I'm. It, it's one of those mornings, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Should have had one extra cup of coffee on my way here. Um, but we are very, very excited to have you in our studio today. And I am very excited to be having this conversation with my work wife, my office mate, Erin <laughs> hey Wendell, there, um, who has been chomping at the bit to get in the studio. And this seemed like the perfect opportunity with her education background to kind of help me out here in this gig. Always thrilled to talk education with folks who are passionate about it and care. Um, And I know from Michelle's talk that you are definitely someone with a heart for education. So really pumped to be here today. Oh, exciting. I know you've you've got some serious street creds with your education (laughs) background. So I'll have to make sure I sit up straight. I know, right? I'm like, here, I'm just here to like run the soundboard today, guys. (laughs) Like, I'll just let y'all chat. Um, But so I wanted to get started and telling um, our listening audience just a little bit about you. Um, Mm -hmm. For those who might not know who you are or if you're a native Memphian, what got you interested in education? Oh, just kind of. I had, I don't know if you guys, you probably don't, but there was like a, used to be a cartoon. When I was growing up, reading the newspaper, um, especially the cartoons, that was just my thing. My dad always had the newspaper. So there was the um, the family circus cartoon. Yes, it's mm-hmm. such and a good one. Whenever Billy would need to cross the street, and he, yeah, they always had the, the dot, 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 like how he, <laughs> the circuitous route that he took. That is the route that I took to get to education. So I will back up. I am from Memphis, born and raised, and uh, went to campus school for grade school and okay. then on to White Station for then called junior high. Okay. Yes, yes, okay. yes. Dating myself, but I graduated from White Station High School as well and uh, went on from there to. I always loved reading and writing, and um, my mother specifically would say, you need to go into something using your voice. I, mm. I have promise you, I've been sounding like this since I was like five years old. <laughs> I always sounded like a grown woman at <laughs> five years it. old, and um, this has just been my voice, and so I went into broadcasting, into television news. Yeah. So yeah. then, what was that stair step then from? Oh, let's see from broadcasting. Well, you know, just uh, to continue the story, I, I went on to Northwestern University and got my um, my undergraduate and my master's degree in journalism, and then I concentrated in, in broadcasting. I actually, started off as a print print major. You I, and I have I, that in common. Yeah, and I'm proud of that. I love that I, I got do. my print yes. roots and I interned at a newspaper in Virginia, Virginia and uh, so I've got, you know, you they cut your chops with writing for print. <laughs> it's a whole other beast right oh, there. Yeah. And, On deadline. And, um, yeah. But I worked in many years in, in television news, Washington D.C., Chicago. Those are some big markets. Um, yeah, yeah. I felt pretty good. I actually won an Emmy for some of my work in Chicago, so that was cool. Oh Very my exciting. goodness. But Memphis, I came back. It was calling. Memphis was calling. My parents were, you should come home. And so I was actually a news anchor at um, ABC 24 News uh, for a few years, several years, actually. And then prior to that, I was with Channel 3 um, on working on the morning show and and even worked at Channel 5 as an intern. So I'm like, I've You've made the rounds <laughs> here. Made the yeah. rounds at, at, at all of them. And uh, But it was my kids that let me into education. So I'll stop there and see if you want to know more. <laughs> uh, of course we do. That is always the answer. But um, I am curious, with the journalism background myself, mm-hmm. is to what skills do you feel like really you took 
from the journalism background that perfectly equipped you to kind of be able to make that transition into education? I think just curiosity, Hmm. asking questions of just why and what else can we do and what if? So that curiosity that I had just as a child, Mm -hmm. along with loving to read, loving to write what led me into journalism, that translated into just wanting to see what more could we do for the children of this district. And it really just started off as simply as being a room parent and planning the little class parties and what have you. When my oldest son, I have four kids, when my oldest son started kindergarten, I had just left my television news career. No, yes, here in Memphis, here in Memphis. And then I was working in Chicago, but flying back and forth working on a yeah oh my word it was a crazy few years um but when he started at downtown elementary it was the very first year of the school when it opened he was in kindergarten back in 2003 and that first year they did not they weren't designated the title one to get the federal dollars Mm -hmm. and what have you and and so they didn't have the money to have an art teacher well i cannot draw with a ruler, a stick figure even. <laughs> yes. and But I knew what it was like taking art when I was in grade school. And i like, we got to have an art teacher. You know, just the appreciation of it and just, just something where you can just express your creativity. There isn't, you know, the grade pressure mm-hmm. attached to it. Yeah. And so got together with some great teachers here at the school, some other wonderful parents, and created a program called Heart for Art. And we raised money and you know I, I knew how to hit up a few folks for some money and <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, my husband's coming had a really good foundation but they would give back to the community so started there and then just went around so we raised enough money where we could have artists in residence so we had six different artists who came in in rotation to wow. teach children whatever their various medium would be from pottery to you know just whatever and so we had our own we paid for our own art teacher that wow. that year and it just kind of grew from there just the interest of making sure that every child because downtown elementary at the time uh, there was a public housing development called foot homes mm-hmm. and some of the children from there on the other end of downtown near, not far, I guess you'd say, closer to FedEx Forum end of downtown, would come over. And so, and but then you had a lot of working professionals um, whose children came to downtown, like they worked downtown, and so they would love to be able to come and have lunch with their kids. And so it was a really wonderful mix of, of students there. And so it's just like, I wanted to make sure when you walked in that door, you'd didn't want to have that feel of who was the have and who was the so-called have not. Mm -hmm. And I wanted every child to, you know, just leave all that at the door and just go on field trips and explore and learn. And that really was the culture of downtown elementary and just contributing toward that. And it grew from there. What a beautiful way to just create access, Mm -hmm. identify the need and, and organize with yourself, with other parents to make that happen. Mm -hmm. Um, I've gotten to peek behind and read your bio, and I know you've continued to do that throughout your career. Can you talk a little bit about the importance of parents advocating for their children or how they can go about doing that? It is absolutely important. I I think um, you don't have to accept it. Well, that's just the way it is. And I didn't 
honestly, I guess ignorance is bliss. I did not seek any permission from the school district to do, <laughs> to do what I did. I just started doing it, and then it just kind of mushroomed, and then someone reached out to the officials at the uh, the district offices to say, like, okay, can we do this? Um, they're like, well, gosh, she's already got all the money. Yeah, so. it's already done. And they just had to go through the regular fingerprinting process mm-hmm. to be a yes. volunteer within the school, and we... Um, worked with them directly in terms of giving them that. But I just have always just, you know, asking that question, that curiosity of what if and what can we do and not accepting the, the word no is almost not even in my vocabulary. It, it, it really is not. I just like, let's go for it. That mm-hmm. Let's go for it. And as a result, when my sons transitioned on to middle school, then, of course, I became like that mom, you know, <laughs> at, at middle school. And the principal, the then principal of the school, uh, Sean Page, nominated me for the Tennessee Department of Education Parent Advisory Board. They were just creating something like that. So I represented West Tennessee on this Parent Advisory Board. And then from there, then one person says, oh, Michelle, there's this this interest group. They're meeting in Cooper Young about a high school of the 21st century. And that's how I eventually became, I kept going to these meetings in Cooper Young on mm-hmm. Sunday afternoons. And then they asked me, would you be one of our founding board members for Crosstown High School? So that was an amazing experience helping to create that school and the research that went into it, a ton of research. We got to go out to Stanford to see like how we approach mm-hmm. project-based learning and, and all this sorts of things. So it's just um, one thing leading to another and a person saying, hey, Michelle, I think, don't, aren't you into education? Then people started thinking that I was a, a teacher. And I'm like, God, no, I, <laughs> I could not. I don't have the patience to teach my children. You know, I'm like, Mm-mm, no, they, they'd be dumb as dirt. I just, <laughs> oh, I, I just, uh, because it's, I, it really is, it's a truly a profession. And mm-hmm. I, yes. I know where my skill sets are. And um, I, I've had amazing teachers throughout from kindergarten all the way through 12th grade and and then beyond. And I I leave it to the professionals. I appreciate that. Um, And always elevating our teachers to the level of professional that they are, but also recognizing the importance of those Mm -hmm. wraparound services and and providing support where you can. Mm -hmm. Uh, Love seeing the the through line of curiosity throughout your life and your past career and how you apply it. Um, I'd love to hear a little bit more about Crosstown High. I don't think a lot of our listeners are familiar with asking the what if of, of what that type of public education can look like. Um, can you tell our listeners more about the unique model at Crosstown? It is. Uh, what's happening at Crosstown High School, it's all project-based learning. And you'll find that uh, here and there throughout Memphis Shelby County schools. And I think I first experienced project-based learning. I wasn't even aware of it. It's when I was in elementary school mm-hmm. at campus school. And very much hands-on learning. At that time, they didn't even have letter grades. They okay. didn't even, we, we just got colors for like our marks, <laughs> you know, orange and red and yellow. Oh, and wow. And there were no letter grades. And then I think they, my very last year, they moved on to the ESNNU. Those were the, yes, the, yes. the grades. But there still were no ABC at that time. And so when it came to Crosstown High School, that's what I had in my head. But honestly, I wasn't quite sure how that would work at the high school level because, you know, elementary school, there's curiosity, you're learning through play and all of that. But when you get to high school, this is 
the real deal. The stakes are much higher. And, it's a lot of pressure. You know, because, you know, these kids, you're preparing them to go on to college or careers. So, and especially those going on to a traditional college environment. How does that translate mm-hmm. into... I had the same questions when I was looking at schools for my daughter. I was like, is this a pro or is it a con? I don't I even know. I, I was know. like, I don't have enough research. And so even though I was on the board... And I'm researching and I was like, I was still extremely hesitant. I was like, I was concerned about those kids who I was thinking about, you know, my oldest son, actually all three of my sons. I don't think, you know, in the Crosstown isn't an environment for every child. Mm-hmm. True. And that's what you have to recognize because my oldest was, I mean, he was born 30 years old. <laughs> he just, he was always a, extremely disciplined, self-motivated. You mm-hmm. didn't have to watch anything. He had his, you know, safety schools, his reach schools, his this. I mean, he had the whole list. We didn't do anything. And he loved getting A's for A's sake and how mm-hmm. high of an A. So that was just him. So he liked the structure of a more traditional learning environment. And then my other two sons were really into sports. And Crosstown, you know, is only about, what is it, um, going on four years old now. Yeah. And so they didn't have a whole lot in the in the realm of sports. So it wouldn't have been a good fit for them. They did baseball in school and basketball. Right. Uh, at that time, when it started off, they'd grown a yeah. whole lot in that department now. But Crossland High School is as simple as that. It's just uh, using a hands-on approach of learning whatever the subject may be through uh, projects and, and researching and working collaboratively. So it happens, like I said, in pockets, but this whole school is all about that. And it's working. They just graduated their first class. I was so Yay. proud of that. All went to great schools, so awesome. um, they they've, they're doing lots of good things there. A real feather in the cap for mm-hmm. Memphis, absolutely. In terms of education, absolutely. for sure. Mm-hmm. I love that. So clearly, um, you've talked about your own upbringing in public education. You've talked about working with your son's um, public schools, and now being on the board to to get a new school here in Memphis. Um, so last year, you joined us at TEDx Memphis, yes, to give a TED talk. And I was so thankful that day we actually had our stride cohort of new teachers in the audience. It was one of their aid stations for their program. And at the break, I cannot tell you how many of them rushed up to me and were so thankful to hear someone talking about public education and the work that they do every day. Um, And actually, like on our end of your survey, like that event was their favorite because they just, again, felt like they were really a part of the Memphis community that day and, and recognized on stage from someone with a as you said, an Emmy. I mean, we, we got to rep, <laughs> rep your credentials. Um, that was really big to them. So we'd love to hear more about your TED Talk and how you kind of chose that topic and what preparing was like. Absolutely. Absolutely. It was um, it was really exciting. I've, I've had several friends um, talk to me and actually ask me for advice like, well, how is this working so well for you and, and, and your sons? And I now I have a daughter. I have a we call her our bonus baby. Yes. And so um, she's about eight years younger than our youngest son, who's now in his first year at the at the Naval Academy. And wow. she is uh, just finished up elementary school. She's now uh, in middle school. And I just said, I honestly I just really believe in public education. I, I, don't, I can't explain it that I know that I got a, a great education. I never picked my children's teachers because mm-hmm. I expect every teacher to have the ability. We went to our zoned neighborhood school, downtown elementary. But what I did do, I am uber focused on 
when they are in their classroom, like something that I just, you know, started when they were elementary school is, you know, just write a handwritten note to each and every teacher at the beginning of the school year, just saying, I am your partner in this. Let me know what you need. Then also just laying out the expectations that we have as a family mm-hmm. for school and for, for them. And it's so funny. My husband joked when our youngest, um, <laughs> he went to the Naval Academy. Prior to that, he was at the Naval Academy prep school. And um, his his uh, captain for his platoon. I'm probably using all the wrong language. I'm still learning all this <laughs> I was stuff. Say, it sounds correct to me. So. But um, she, um, uh, Captain Jacqueline Barnum, at the end of that, when you go into the academy, they have this. It's a lot of pomp and circumstance, and they have T-shirts made with all the the um, the midshipmen, their names on the back of it. But she couldn't make it this year, and so. But because I had sent her emails throughout the year, mm-hmm. just like, oh, just checking, saying if you need anything. So she sends me a note. She's like, would you be able to, are you going to be there in Annapolis for when they, you know, go into the academy? I said, yeah, I'm going to be there. Would you help me out? And, you know, I became the, my husband said, you became the room mom at college. How does, how does <laughs> when, one. When there weren't even well, room moms. There weren't even room moms, but it's like, and so I ended up being the one for those parents who couldn't make it to get the sizes of, of the t-shirts that they wanted and oh, collected the sweet. money from them. And I shipped the t-shirts all across the country like to Hawaii and everything for those families who could not make it and because it's just that uh, first of all I enjoy it and for me it's just a wonderful uh, outlet but I just know it's just something like I just feel like it's not just about my child what can I do to help somebody else and no matter where that is and so that was the case at with my own children in, in elementary, middle school, and also just with working with my child's teachers and the school staff and administrators because everybody needs to be told, you know what, it's okay if you need a little help and also that you're doing a good job. Everybody yeah. needs to hear that at some point in time. And so I just wanted to be that person. And that's what I've been. And that's what I tried to capture in, in my TEDx of like just a little bit of our story. And I know that, you know, Mine is unique. I don't want to say that, oh, this is how, if you just do it like this, this works for everybody. That's not the case because everyone has unique and different challenges. And I know that my children were certainly had the best possible scenario in a sense where, mm-hmm. um, you know, they didn't have to worry about where their next meal was coming from and, you know, just working in a, a two-parent household. Um, but at the same time, my husband also traveled a lot internationally for his job, so he wasn't there. And at one point, when I was working in Chicago, he was the one who was here. But we were always like, no matter what, we're going to be there for, for our kids uh, with their, their schools. Absolutely. The embodiment of it takes a village. It right? really does. You'll hear people say that all yeah. the time in, in public education and education in general. But but it sounds like you're truly living that out. Um, and as a like I said, as a former teacher myself, I would have loved um, that open communication right away from the parent. I always yeah. tried to create that from my, you know, end mm-hmm. out. But to to have a parent take that kind of initiative. Yeah. I mean, like even now, I'll just I'll ask, what is the best way to reach you? What what way do you prefer? Yeah. And whether that's via text or via email or via the Remind app mm-hmm. or whatever the case may be, because I want to try to make it as easy for them as possible to be able to respond back yeah. to me. And then also to acknowledge the fact that it's okay if they don't respond back within, you know, a day or two days or whatever the case may be. People have got lives going on. Mm-hmm. Trying to, ha- I, I would hope they have a little bit of a life outside of their school <laughs> environment. But just, you know, just to think in terms of the other person. I think when you lose a sense of, of yourself a little bit and try to think about the other person and 
that's really just how I've always approached life. Just the, um, you know, that they may have a, a bad day. You never know. And it's just like, it's not about me. It's got nothing to do with me. It's about right. something that's going on. And it's like, okay. And I think maybe my television career, because I've gone into so many different environments. And, you know, I've been, you know, yelled at and cursed at and whatever. I'm like, it had nothing to do with me, Michelle, the person. It was like... There were some frustrations going on, and it was just the easy, the yeah, easy way to let it way. out. And so, that's interesting. Um, as from a parent perspective, I like your approach too because there is a difference between being an involved like advocate for your child and also not just being like a squeaky wheel just to be a squeaky wheel. Because I do have some relatives that are in education, and I think that I've heard you know those horror stories <laughs> as well as like, gosh, I've got some really difficult parents this year too. And so trying to be that lovely balance of like, hey, I am your partner in this. You will make mistakes. I will make mistakes. And, you know, my child will certainly make mistakes. <laughs> I got a funny story about that. My make child my is sense. not perfect. And so oh. I, I do not think that. Okay. And so. I had, it was like uh, my second son, Everett. I forget what, I think, was he? I think he was in kindergarten. And something that had to be signed. Um, I think maybe just the weekly folder. And. Mm-hmm. For whatever reason, I guess he was forgetting. And so for about three weeks, he was apparently signing my <laughs> signature. So finally, the teacher's like, um, it's Miss Porter. Everett, I don't really think your mom signs like this. So she calls me up and she's like, I think that he's been signing your signature. <laughs> and so I'm like, Everett. So that was just a funny story. But, you know, just to um, to realize that, you know, you don't have perfect children. No matter how great you think they are, they yes. are not perfect. So we are a little resourceful. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I like that. See, they're what a great look at that. Resourceful. Yes. It is resourceful. It's very, just like um, our city um, has opportunities. We don't have challenges. Mm. We have opportunities. I like that. I really do. So. Yes, indeed. Um, So before we get a little bit too much more into talking about your TED Talk, we Mm -hmm. are going to play it for our listening audience. So um, listeners, if you have just tuned in and changed that dial, you are listening to Meanwhile in Memphis on WYXR Radio 91.7 FM. And we are about to listen to Michelle McKissick's 2021 TEDx Memphis Talk, Why Betting on Public Education is a Smart Investment. Well, you know, I'm really excited about the theme of this year's TEDx Memphis. Control, alt, delete. How many times have we all done that? Control, alt, delete. It's all about resetting, resetting yourself. And that's exactly what my husband and I did when we decided to decide where we were going to send our kids to school. And speaking of them, you've heard him mention, this is my family. And yeah, I think they're a pretty good looking group. We really cleaned up for that one though, you have no idea. But that's another story. But before I go into how we went about choosing our education, let me tell you a little bit about myself. I am one of five children. My parents met in Chicago, and my big brother and sister, they were born up north. And then the family came to Memphis. And so my two brothers and myself, born and raised, we all grew up here in Memphis. And education was always really important in my family. My mom, a bit more warm and fuzzy, she always would tell us, go into something that you really love to do that is honorable and find a way to make a living at it. 
Now my dad, a whole lot more analytical. As an accountant, he literally created spreadsheets for us. Each one of us lining up what our interests and our strengths and our talents were. And he had the Peterson's Guide to Colleges in hand, that book, because there was no internet, of course. And he would line up what he thought was a good fit for us. So as a result, we all went off to school. Colby College, Southern Illinois University, Tennessee State University, and my sister and I landed at Northwestern University. Yeah, and it was at NU way back in 1987, where, you know, there's kind of a boy meets girl kind of story. And so my husband, my now husband, he said that he saw me sashaying across campus. Well, I don't quite remember it just like that, but nonetheless, we became an item, and that item turned into four kids. <laughs> and so, but as the years went by, we would often talk about our pathways. And he went to private schools his whole life growing up in St. Louis, and I went to public schools my whole life growing up here in Memphis, and we ended up at the same university. So fast forward a little bit to our firstborn heading off to kindergarten. And we had already been making an investment in our child's education through private preschool. He went to a full Spanish immersion preschool. And so we had really big stakes coming up now because he was heading off to big kid school. And so we said, you know what? Control, alt, delete. Let's reset this. We had a brand new school that was about to open in our neighborhood a brand new public school in the heart of downtown Memphis. Control-Alt-Delete. We sent him to that school. Now, I know some of you may be thinking, oh, public school, public school. And you have these ideas, you got someone whispering in your ears telling you what it is, what it is not. And I'm here to tell you, yes, there are challenges in public schools, in urban schools especially. But let me tell you, there's a whole lot of heart there. And speaking of heart, when my son was at that school, his kindergarten year, because it was a brand new school, they didn't have the federal dollars assigned to them yet, so they had to make a cut, and that cut was with an art teacher. Now, I can't draw a stick figure with a ruler, but I can appreciate art, and I wanted to make sure that my child had art. My husband felt the same way, other parents felt the same way, teachers felt the same way, so we galvanized and came together and we raised more than $20,000 in a matter of weeks. And we created a program called Heart for Art, where it was an artist in residence program where we rotated in six artists throughout the school year and all of the children at that school had art teacher that year. And so it's important to know that when you come together, you can accomplish amazing things. And you know what? You don't have to spend $20,000 to get an education. And this is not a hit on private schools. They have their place, absolutely. But you need to know that public schools are also an amazing resource. And speaking of that, thank you. My children, you heard that they're all uh, public school. My precious bonus baby, my little girl. <laughs> she is now in the elementary school in the fifth grade. And all three of my sons graduated from Shelby County Schools. And we're especially proud of them because they're our sons. But we also know that they are defying a lot of odds and statistics as African-American males. But through the support system, people ask us, how do we do it? What's your secret sauce? And we just simply tell them we sent them to school. 
We sent them to school. We partnered with their teachers. We participated in their education. We prayed. And you know what? We paid off big time. Our oldest son graduated from Yale University in May 2020. Our second oldest son is now in his second year at DePaul University in Chicago. And our youngest son, he is now a member of the class of 2026 at the United States Naval Academy. All of them, full academic scholarships. So what I want to tell you now is that when I decided to run for school board, it was coming off of a career as a news anchor and a reporter, and I saw so much during those years working in those careers and how what a child was exposed to or not exposed to really impacted their trajectory. And that's what led me to run for school board. I wanted to make sure to do all that I could, not enough for just my children or where my kids went to school, but to try to bring that lens to every child within Shelby County Schools in this school district. I'm here to tell you that it is absolutely possible. What you're exposed to in public schools is not what you hear on the news. And I know, I came from that world. The great majority, amazing kids doing amazing things. My kids are not unique. They really are not. I have so many stories I can tell you, but I just don't have the time. But they went to field trips, going to go visit judges in courtrooms. They went to the Space Center in Huntsville, Alabama. They traveled to France, Spain, and Germany. They participated in debate. They learned how to play chess. They played baseball. They did all of these things like any other kid. Kids just want to have a good time in school, and they want to learn, too. And it's all possible within public education. Finally, I want to leave you with this. It's one of my favorite quotes. It's from Henry Ford, who the founder of the Ford Motor Company. And he said, whether you think you can or whether you think you can't, you're right. That is exactly the approach my family took when it came to public education. We not only thought we could, we knew we could. We believed that we could, that public education was a resource for us. And I want you to control, alt, delete. Reset your mindset. Choose public schools. Thank you. We just heard Michelle McKissick's 2021 TEDx Memphis talk, Why Betting on Public Education is a Smart Investment. So, Michelle, <laughs> TEDx Memphis, now you have a background in broadcast, so this mm -hmm. was probably not difficult for you, but a lot of people who come on here, they're like, wow, that is not like any other speech, quote unquote, that I've ever given. It is. It, it was really challenging. I was actually a little nervous uh, because... You can't just, you know, speak extemporaneously. It mm -hmm. really it's very is. very minute by minute. Minute by like minute. Second by second. Minute by minute. Out. Yeah. But I love the process of preparing for it and how the, the different types of outlines you had to create. Mm -hmm. But it was challenging because, you know, when I was working in television news, you're going out, you're doing a live report. You know, for me, I never scripted out anything that I said. I would mm -hmm. have guiding points and I know what I would have a phrase maybe written out that I would want to transition from one 
section to the next. So I think in that respect, it did help me. But having to remember so much of it verbatim, that was that was challenging. A so. new challenge, for sure. <laughs> but can for we get sure. the teleprompter? <laughs> I know. Right. Not allowed. No. Nope. Can't Not have allowed. that. Can't no. have that with TEDx. No. So it's so interesting. And um, having that live audience there and and seeing the faces and, and all of that. So it was good. It was it was it was pretty good. I was going to say, so you were actually, 2021 was the only time that we have had TEDx Memphis outside due to COVID and protocol and everything like that. So it presented its own unique challenges. But I think it also presented a unique experience for the speakers that no one else has really gotten to do. Right. I think it was because I know typically the rooms are very much darkened Mm -hmm. and so you don't really see the faces. But I really did interact and, like you said, just feed off of the audience there. and just. But what was great about it was... It's like everybody was rooting for me. You know yes. how you get that look in those audience and you'll see people and they're kind of like, you know, like you yeah. can do it. They kind of mm-hmm. smile at you and they they nod their heads and whatever. So I got that no matter which direction I looked in. It was like there was, you know, that kind of like, yeah, you're doing great. Hang in there. Keep going. You know, and so I was like, OK, yeah, I'm feeling pretty good here. So that was really fun to see all the, the facial expressions. Great plug for anyone considering applying to be a TEDx speaker, that there's definitely a warm, supportive Mm -hmm. audience. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. So when you were little, you said you're born with this voice. Your mom encouraged you to use your voice. Um, Clearly, you used it in broadcasting. I'm curious about how you chose this topic and and chose to use your voice to amplify this. Um, What experiences, experiences have you had that made it imperative for you to give this talk at this time in this place? That's a great question, Erin. And, and, you know, Anna, it was about having your child go to school in Memphis, Shelby County Schools, a large urban school district, 15th largest in the country. You know, there's all these sorts of like, oh, are you sure, you know, this is something. And I think with any urban school district, but, you know, here in Memphis, when you're coming from someplace else also, if you're moving into town and, you know, you just focus on maybe what you're hearing on the news. And oh. I can I can say that because <laughs> I came from that yes. world. Um, it's it's really uh, it can be a little scary, I think. And more importantly, just extremely misleading. Mm-hmm. And it, I actually had. This was a uh, a parent, and she was also a teacher in the district. And when she found out, my daughter was still at downtown elementary, and her daughter was also there. And she came to me afterwards. I They asked me to speak at a school program. And she said to me, oh, she's like, well, I thought for sure your children would go to private school, you know, because I was a board member, you know. And, like, it was like, I don't Seems know. Seems counterintuitive. Yes. <laughs> and I was yeah. like, well, no. And, and then when they find out... I went to the school for elementary school that my kids were zoned to for the neighborhood. And I just, I said, well, you know what? You can get a great education in public education. And you can get a great education in Memphis Shelby County schools. And that you have to, uh, and I'll say for sure, we definitely have our opportunities. Opportunities, (laughs) yes. Our opportunities. But there are so many uh, great kids in every single school every single school, just no matter, you know, um, however fringe you might think a school may be. There are, I mean, top scholars. I was, a friend of mine is the uh, chancellor, uh, one of the chancellors for Rutgers University Mm -hmm. and from Memphis, graduated from Central High School. And he um, came back to Memphis because he wanted to specifically to focus on recruiting kids top performing kids in the schools where, you know, it looks like it has every possible 
negative check mark yeah. against mm-hmm. it. He's like, I know there is talent in all these all of these schools. And now that I've been on the school board for four years, I clearly know that too. I knew it then, but I clearly know it now. And that's what I wanted to send that message, like why betting on public education is a smart investment. You mentioned it, um, Aaron, about um, supplementing. And that's really mm-hmm. how I see my role as a parent. I do a lot of supplementing in addition to working with uh, our children, uh, our teachers. I also... Just, you know, before my oldest son, he went to, to Yale University for undergrad. And before he went off to school, I said, you know what? I just feel, let's go to all the museums. At the time, I was editor of Memphis Parent Magazine. And I love getting a deal and I get love getting stuff for <laughs> free. And so I just took us a tour on all of the museums around Memphis uh, on their free days. Right, yeah. <laughs> and just to see... How I could do that. So those are the sorts of things as a parent that I always say growing up, you know, we lived at the zoo and just going to the Brooks Museum of Art. There are so many wonderful resources and something that I want to plug, take a second to plug here. It's called uh, 901 Passport, I think. Yes, I've heard of it. Yes. Yeah. And so it just launched um, Shelby County Mayor Lee Harris, where you up through November, you can take your child to like nine different museums for free and with one free with you know one passport or one whatever. passport yeah. and one adult going for free too from the Brooks Museum to our Museum of Science and History the, at the Pink Palace um, to all these the Rock and Soul Museum all these sorts of things so I think that's what we need to uh, try to impress upon that no matter your socioeconomic status you know you can still supplement your child's education and I know you know it may be easier for me to say sitting here in this chair with you this morning, um, but um, for 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 families who may not have the the economic means, when I was editor of Memphis Parent, I always try to include things that were free or near free mm-hmm. in there. So it's really kind of just a mind shift that um, working with their families. But it was that that was my motivation behind the TED Talk that. For you know all those families who are like questioning, well, gosh, I'm not sure. You absolutely can get a really good education. Um, I, I use my sons as examples, and they are not unique. They've got their friends. They hated it when I said that. They're like, I said, you're special, but you're, <laughs> you're just not unique. You've got plenty of friends who also you know grad you know Tiger Select scholarships at the University of Memphis, right. and um, you know the great scholarship programs at Tennessee and. Uh, all across the country, but um, it's just being engaged. I think that is the one thing as an parent to to be engaged in your child's education. I'm curious now. So it's still it's only been about a year, almost mm-hmm. really to the month since you gave your um, your TED talk last year. So would you say that today? that betting on public education is still a good bet? Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. So. <laughs> with, without question. Um, now more than ever, and especially, I think, just with our school district right now, and, and like schools all across the country with the pandemic, everyone took a bit of a hit. And yeah. it's like, you know, how well do we bounce back from that? And I won't go into all the stats and figures, but the, the school district, Memphis Shelby County Schools, uh, has come back from that. And the children have come back from that to their pre-pandemic levels. But more importantly, the strategies that we put into place over the last, you know, year and a half or so, we're like, wow, to have that level of 
bounce back, I don't think people realize how significant that is. It doesn't work like that just to one year's time to to make up for those types of losses and to receive that validation from the Tennessee Department of Education that they're now a level five school, meaning mm-hmm. that they're growing and going in the right direction. So this is now a really good foundation in which to build upon. And that's what my focus is, why I'm excited to be back on for a second term. It's like, we want to make sure that we don't lose that momentum mm-hmm. and we keep growing so that we can truly see some exponential yeah. uh, improvements. Absolutely. What has changed since your talk? Ooh, let's see here. What has changed? Um, well, just personally, uh, my oldest son graduated from Yale. Wow. Congratulations. Congratulations. Yes. Uh, my second son was uh, heading off to DePaul University in Chicago, mm-hmm. uh, doing just fine there. And then my youngest son now being at the, the Naval Academy and my daughter's in middle school. So personally... Big accomplishments. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, it's weird. We are semi empty nesters with just one child at home, and she's relishing in her only child status. (laughs) Oh, yes. Uh, But as far as the school district goes and, and public education, I just have just. Oh, gosh, just a wealth of knowledge. I've learned so much over the last four years. And you know, when I get into something, I go all in. And so I immerse myself in, in learning about not just this school district, but education in general. I got involved at the national level, mm-hmm. learning from other um, other school districts with the National School Board Association. I was the national secretary for the Council of Urban Boards of Education. Mm-hmm. And so just really just trying to learn and glean from other school districts what they're doing right and how we can apply that here in Memphis. So that's probably been one of the, the, the biggest differences just in a year's time. I love it. What are some of the initiatives or things coming up that you're excited about and applying some of that learning that you've done uh, for the benefit of the district? Well, the biggest thing you've probably heard a lot of talk about is the the third grade initiative, but it's not just making sure that third graders are reading on grade level. There have been a lot of wonderful meetings going all the way back to pre-K and laying that foundation and for the opportunity for universal pre-K. But what we've done, the school district has been meeting for well over a year now, um, implementing strategies, excuse me, from like the Urban Child Institute, other stakeholders, um, seeding success, for example, um, just all these various groups to kind of take that brain trust and how can we all work together to make sure that it benefits all the children of this school district? And so when you can stop from, you know, maybe operating in this corner and that corner and that we've come together, we can really make a difference. So that's been exciting to see that happen over the past year and be implemented. And, and you know, that's why we are seeing the improvement or you know, that we did see when we just got those scores back because a lot of those strategies were, were implemented. Mm-hmm. I love that. So um, for those, so we are actually in the process right now of opening TEDx applications for 2023. Mm. So what advice would you give to any would-be TED Talk? I think just to, first of all, go for it. I think, you know, a lot of times you think, oh, that's for somebody else. Yes. Mm -hmm. And absolutely not. And then also to share your personal experience instead of trying to be this like so-called expert uh, you just don't realize what your personal story and how you can 
share that with others and how, you know, you may be an expert in whatever field, but people really connect with people. Mm -hmm. And I think that is the part. And certainly when I was uh, participating in TEDx Talk, I was just hanging on the words of just some of my you know fellow TEDxers, <laughs> mm-hmm. and so and, and and learning a a lot from them, and they were experts in their field or whatever they were sharing, but it always had a personal connection. I think you know if you do go for it, uh, lead with a personal element to help the audience connect with you, and. Um, and that'll be really beneficial. You don't have to be this big muckety muck. You know? <laughs> Memphians have heart. TEDx <laughs> Memphis is all about that heart. I love it. it. Is. You're so right. It really You're is. So right. Some of my favorite TED talks are always those personal elements yeah. too that really make you empathize with that speaker and right. want to right. make a change. I also like too your advice that it's not just for somebody else. Right. Everybody. I mean, come on now. I think that's the first thing. That's probably the most important thing because you know you always think like, oh gosh, well I don't know if I could do that or. I just, you know, it was honestly a friend of mine that said, hey, you know, you should really submit an application for this. You should. I think you would really be good at that. And, and I said, really? You think? You think? Me? And, me? Little, little me? <laughs> and so, um, and when I thought about it, when I said, well, what could I share? What what would be? I said, well, this is something where people are always, always ask me about. Like, you know, why did she choose public education? Mm-hmm. And um, I just felt like... My voice was needed because why I chose public education is because I, and it wasn't just me, my husband was there too, and then my family, all my, I have, you know, three brothers and a sister, and we all came through public schools here in Memphis and um, went on to, to great colleges and what have you. And I just thought that I needed to be a part of that conversation and I needed to be a part of the solution. And that's maybe not the case for everyone, but I really did feel like, oh, gosh, I am needed in this school building. I need to because I know I know what it takes to get to the, you know, the top schools Mm -hmm. and that perspective. And I know what it means to have a well-rounded education, a well-rounded life. And that's what I wanted to bring when I was going to downtown elementary and promoting field trips and, and things of that nature, that there's so much learning that happens outside of a classroom walls and then to take how that applies what you learn in school into real life and vice versa. What is something that you wish the average Memphian would recognize or realize about either education generally or public education here in Memphis? First, I just would say just realize how great the city is. Mm-hmm. It really, really, and that includes our public schools and that it's not just them over there that we're all in this together. I think, and that's something that's really come into, maybe into the light with with Blue Oval City. Everyone's talking about that coming in, but seeing how important that we need to have a solid uh, base of future employees for for our community. And so and to, that's why it matters to everyone, whether you have no children in the district, whether you will never have any children in the district. And I do, and I honor and I respect the fact of the value of, of, you know, having a private school education. You have to do what's best for your family, for your child. So don't ever think that. My kids, you know, were had private preschool and, and, and all of that. So I do understand that. But just to realize in general, Memphis is a really great city. Having lived other places, oh my goodness, you know, <laughs> the quality of life here is... Um, just so good. And when you want to have something different, 
go someplace else, go on vacation. <laughs> but um, it really is with with all the challenges that any urban and not to think that also that it's just like, oh, well, with me, Memphis is this, Memphis is that, is that, you know, whatever's happening here is happening in any other large city in the mm-hmm. country. And actually it's happening at a, you know, a fraction of what's happening in some of the other bigger cities. But more importantly, that our, our public schools, they are worth caring about and that you can get a great education in public schools that can take you to wherever you may want to be, whether that's a traditional four-year school or perhaps going and taking advantage of free, you know, two-year associate's degree program, or if you decide to go into a certification career track. There's room for everyone, and all of that can come out of public education. It's so funny that you answered, actually, my next question was going to be, well, what about people? Because I feel like more often than not, it's people are like, well, I don't have I don't have kids. So it, the, the education system, it doesn't matter to me here if it's good or if it's not. So what would you say to naysayers like that that are just, well, I don't have to deal with it personally, so I just don't have to worry with it? You know, the, the good thing about it is there are, have been plenty of people who don't have children in this district who have come up to me saying, you know, thank you for doing what you're doing. And they realize the value of that. So I think there's more of that. Yes, there are those naysayers out there, but it's clear. It's that they're clear. not the majority. Yeah. Yeah. That they're and not the, the majority. Board, it's on everyone's ballot. Exactly. You, they don't ask when you get your ballot if, if you're you a parent kids. or not yeah. before before you vote for those those offices. Completely, so. completely irrelevant. And so, actually, I remember telling people like, "Remember to go to the end of the ballot. That's where you'll find my name. <laughs> School boards at the very end of that really long ballot." And um, and so it's just it's a part of caring about our community. I you know I just I don't live in Germantown, but I still want Germantown to do well. You know, I don't live in Collierville, but I still go out and I shop in Collierville. So from time to time, and it's just like we just a little bit more of caring about each other because we're, as the saying goes, you're as strong as your weakest link. And that's why it's important to care about public education and Memphis Shelby County Schools especially. Absolutely. We're definitely all in it together. So, yeah, I, yeah, I just always get tickled. I guess tickled is the wrong word. But, you know, for, for people that, you know, if you're going to be a stick in the mud like that, then. <laughs> but that's why I love New way. Memphis. I, honestly, what you all do and, and introducing, you know, folks new to Memphis and in various regards, um, all that the city has to offer. And you ask just about anyone who has come from someplace else. They are big on Memphis, big on Memphis. And um and they see it because I think it's just the perspective of they've been someplace else, lived someplace else, but realize that this really is a, a gem of a city. It really is. I mean, and like you said, that is really what our mission is based on is celebrating all that our city does have to offer and um, what we believe is our city's greatest asset, which is its people and our talent. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. that the foundation for that is education and making sure that our next generations of the workforce and the talent force are equipped in all the different ways that you've already mentioned that that looks like, no matter what their future looks like, exactly. that they are equipped to tackle that. And so that is what we are super passionate about. And we, just like you said, there's always going to be opportunities, but we do believe that there's so much worth celebrating about our city. Absolutely. And I love that opportunities because I, I started was going to use that C word. <laughs> no, they're just opportunities. opportunities. It's just an opportunity for somebody else to rise to the occasion mm-hmm. to find that creative solution. And exactly. I never in a million years would have thought that I would be where I am right now and and being an elected official and and advocating for, you know, education in general and children and all of that. But I think it's just 
that's the mindset to have, to be open to it and to, to roll with it. You've given our listeners a ton of great advice today, sending letters if you are a parent to your teacher, being curious, asking what if and how can I get involved. Um, I'd love to ask one-off fun questions since sure. you were a reader as a child mm-hmm. and thinking about the district's initiative around reading. Do you have a favorite children's book? Ooh, ooh, that's a good one. You put me on the spot. I think, I'm trying to think. Um, believe it or not, I loved reading about Heidi. Don't ask me why, <laughs> but um, that and then also um, my 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 husband's parents are were children's book authors. Oh wow, uh, Patricia McKissick. So any library you'll you'll go into, she's uh, won a bunch of a uh, bunch of awards for her books. But uh, so I love reading her books. But as a child, probably that and then The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. Oh, that is just like Lewis classic. Yes. I loved so it. But uh, yeah, I love my librarian. She, she was wonderful. She would. Like, like pull books for me. I mean, and just uh, uh, I just so would love a flashlight at nighttime, you know, because like, I was always my dad would like, you know, 830, go to bed, you know. Yeah. And so, <laughs> no, absolutely. That's, like, I do that now, even with my three and a half year old. I'm like, you don't have to go to sleep. Just go in there. Here, here. I was like, here, here's, here's some stuffed animals and here's some books. Exactly. He was just getting rid of us. He was just like, yeah, OK, this is like my time here. Go to bed. So and I would read books in the dark. So with yes. a flashlight. Oh, I love it. <laughs> Children's books are so good. They are. Really, there's so many good ones. I'm literally thinking, I'm like, well, what age group do you want me to? Because I'm, like, I'm like, well, don't come. I'm like, I read Pout Pout Fish like it's my job these days <laughs> but then also like the nancy drew i was Ooh, a, i was a big nancy drew that series great. girl yeah. it was yeah. probably my first foray into true crime if you really needed to know <laughs> <laughs> this was my nancy drew kick but that's um, a good one that's a good one so i have another question um yeah. what would be in a perfect world what would be your hope for memphis and our education system here hmm. if you had a magic wand and you could just oh gosh and you don't have to think of how or, you how know, how you get from point A to point B. You just get to, to paint what your plan B would look like. Like, What does that look like, that point B? I would love for every school in this district to be like the schools that everyone regards as the so-called good schools in our district. I would love that. I would love for every child to be reading on grade level. I would love for us to be going on field trips. One of the best, I think actually... Something that we should do, we, and this is something that I actually was saying, like, I want to try to make happen, is that at every grade that you, as part of the class field trip, that you go and visit certain things within our, mm-hmm. within our community. Yeah, Whether absolutely. it's like, when you hit fourth grade, it's like National Civil Rights Museum. That's on everyone's, like, to, to go from fourth grade to fifth grade. When you're in sixth grade, that you're going to go to the Museum of Science and History, you know, at the Pink Palace. Um, or that, it, just these things the happen, like, at, at every mm-hmm. grade level. And then also, that we have more field trips for our high school students. It's like, my, my, my boys were like, gosh, you know, when you get to high school, like, you know, it's no longer fun. There's no more field trips. Yeah. And it's like, we still need to have that. And maybe have them come back to the Civil Rights Museum or whatever, a you know, just have appreciation. like, right, mm-hmm. different, right. different perspective, different and perspective for sure. I mean, I learn something new every time I go through there. Exactly. So, I mean, there's definitely going to be that for kids every, at different every ages. Every single time. And so I, I would love to, to see that happen. And just, uh, I would love to see like a, a new Memphis junior, because I think we need to try to capture more of our kids because, you know, Memphis as a young adult is very different from Memphis as a kid. And oh, you're like, being, you're like, you go just where your parents take you and, and what have you. But so that we can make sure we bring our talent 
back to Memphis if they decide to go to way to school, come back to Memphis, but so they can see a glimpse of it, what young adult Memphis looks like, yes. and and come and see like you know because all we're all the cool apartments downtown mm-hmm. or whatever the case may be. Just a little bit more of that. And and so we've got to work on that, just making sure that we keep, um, you know, as, as many talented students in the city as possible. We would, we would wholeheartedly agree with that sentiment. We are big cheerleaders for our city, as it sounds yeah. like, as you are too. And yeah. so this has been a lovely conversation. Oh, um, we, we like to close it out with one, with sometimes we have a lightning round. Sorry, Aaron, I did not. They're my favorite. I know. And... I mean, if you want to think of some on the spot, <laughs> you're welcome to, to go at it. Bus rider, rider, or walker? Walker. <laughs> Ooh, impressive. You must have been very trusted as a kid. Um, actually, I was a, I was a bus rider. I was a, the reason why I said walker, because I actually rode the city bus. Matta, oh, okay. Matta bus. And, okay. and then had to walk a while to get to the school. So I have a unique perspective there. So I actually never wrote the yellow school bus. I wrote the city bus. Favorite school lunch? Oh, okay. <laughs> okay that's, um, that, you just like leveled up on that. Let's see. I love the uh, the hamburgers with tater tots. Mm. Bosco sticks are my personal favorite. <laughs> you can ask yours now, Anna. Well, I was gonna ask, but I feel like they're not. I feel like they're not applicable. So I feel like go for it. You would know better. Go for it. Because no. I was. I'm minor like all school supply related. I'm like mechanical pencil or regular pencil. <laughs> oh, definitely regular pencil. Cannot stand mechanical pencils. <laughs> I feel very passionate about I that. I am because my husband was an engineering major, and so he always had mechanical pencils. I'm like, I don't know if I press down too hard, but it's like the lid was always breaking, and I'm like, Mm-mm, no. Just, you're too enthusiastic about your writing, so you gotta have that. Exactly. You gotta have that hardy so, pencil. That was a good question because I'm passionate about that. They all know. I'm like, don't bring me a mechanical pencil. Speaking of school supplies, there is a little like a viral kind of TikTok thing going around and okay. I saw it. I do not, I'm not a, I'm TikTok, not a TikTok person, but I, but I did you see You forwarded it to me on the gram yes, because we're, we're elder millennials. Yes. So um, <laughs> it was on the Today Show with Hoda and Jenna. Okay. They did it also. So they, that is where I saw this because again, I am an elder millennial and <laughs> hey. I did not see it on TikTok. I oh. saw it on the Today Show. <laughs> but. Right there. So it is, if you have folders that are these colors, what are they again? Is it blue, red, yellow, and green? Yes. Mm-hmm. And then you have the subjects. Math, English, history, and science. Which ones are assigned to which one? Ooh. Which color gets which okay, English, subject? Okay. English gets green. Oh, bold. <laughs> that was not what I was expecting. Tell See, me why. Yes. So um, because I just... You know, I had this favorite notebook I had, like in the fourth grade, and it was these green trees arching over. And you can tell all these years later, 40 plus years later, I am still obsessing over it. It was just the best notebook, and I associate that with with wonderful with English, feelings, which is with obviously English. the best yes. subject. Yes, and green is go. Green is good green thing. Is, okay. Yeah. okay, see, for me, science okay. is green. Because okay. it, it feels like like lab beakers and oh, stuff. Okay, it feels like yeah, probably that like Muppet Baby beaker or whatever <laughs> that has the yeah, yeah like the that. sciency. That's so true. Okay, so then what next is it? Mm. Blue. What's blue? Blue would be history. Interesting. Okay. That's bold, Tuesday. My blue would be English. Okay, go and, for you. And why uh, blue history? Because I think of the ocean, and mm. for me that means. Travel and travel, like I go okay. to Europe and history, history. Okay. and all like that. 
I'll I allow it. I'll allow it. That's okay. 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 okay next. Let's math, this out. math is red. Everybody in Billings says math is red. It's like, mm. oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. stop right here. Yep, absolutely. I'm like, Mm-mm, no. And then yellow. Yellow is um, obviously science. It's like, I kind of like science. It's okay. See, yellow is history left. for me. I'm like, maybe I think of out west and like dirt. Mm. I don't know. <laughs> I was so extra that mine weren't just folders. I had a binder for each subject and I personally decorated um, covers for the... I love school, y'all. It's no wonder I became a teacher. Wait, so. I need to know what you personally decorated. Your, like, with what? Like, oh, for what? Oh, like, like, so I, like, I use, like, word art and clip art and wow. graphics and, you know, all the all the computers that I had learned in computer class. Oh, wow. So, like, for to English, create. what would it be? Like, Jane Austen and, like, what, what was um, on it? Well, my favorite colors are red and green, so English had a lot of red and green on it because it was my favorite. Don't ask questions, A.T. <laughs> I'm this is, Mich- like, this is Michelle's show. We can deal with my idiosyncrasies oh, at, at a later like, date. We're like, Aaron. Michelle okay. and I are like, wait a second, Aaron. Uh, uh-huh. I have concerns. I have concerns. But that, no, that's that is, cool. That's my favorite. That's our creativity. In I her. love that. So, yes, now we have our, our viral TikTok moment. There and you go. today's show moment to go with, with Jenna and Hoda. So, <laughs> thank you. With 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 Anna and Aaron. There and Michelle. Uh, no, all we needed was a glass of wine instead of our coffee this if early only. in the morning. I know, if only. We'll ask our CEO. We'll get it approved for the next one. For the next round. Oh, I do have one more question. So um, ways to support students in our district and educators in our district or even other parents in our district. If you uh, have such resources at your disposal, dear listener, and you would like to kind of share the wealth, what are some ways that you can get involved? One way, um, we love volunteer tutors. Okay. Uh, we can't get enough of those. That would be wonderful. That's one way to give up your time if you have it. Uh, then we have various drives throughout the year. We have uh, upcoming a necessities drive uh, for those types of toiletries that you may not even think twice about, but it's desperately needed, coat drives throughout the school year, and then just, um, I don't know, just speak speak well of the district, you know, or if you want to find out more, they'd be happy to give you a tour of a, of a school. Mm-hmm. I would be happy to give you a tour. Seriously, <laughs> just let me know and, and we can get that lined up. I love it. And then one final question. What does being a Memphian mean to you? Mm, being a Memphian, uh, one, means barbecue. I <laughs> love it. <laughs> I love me some barbecue ribs. And it just means having a heart for our community. And I think a lot of people really, really do. They love it. When you go to a Tigers game, whether it's football or basketball, no matter where you actually went to school, you are a Tigers fan. I know that's the case for me. Yeah. And um, just just say, you know, I love it that we're all about the 901 here in Memphis. I love it. Well, this has been so... I didn't need that extra cup of coffee after all. I, I, I take it back, dear listener. <laughs> this was fun. Yeah, it went so, so quickly. Thank you so much for joining us. And we look forward to seeing you around our city and hopefully catching up with you soon. Absolutely. I'm here for it. Bye. Awesome. Bye. What a great conversation, Erin. She was just a little ball of energy. I love that on this so Tuesday delightful. morning. It was so fun. And I loved all the little... Um, little sidebars like about oh, I loved your, your rapid fire questions you just had ready to go as a, as a true educator you just couldn't resist absolutely I love it um, so again you are listening to Meanwhile in Memphis on WYXR radio and I am Anna Thompson and I have Aaron Wendell in the studio with me from New Memphis um, if you'd like to learn more about all that we have to offer in our leadership development nonprofit as a leadership development nonprofit we have a full spectrum of programs and you can learn more at newmemphis.org 
as part of that, we also have a lot of community engagement events, and we have one such event coming up on September 27th at Mosh, formerly known as the Pink Palace. It is called Memphis 101, and my wonderful co-host Erin is actually a co-host of that event as well. So if you're not sick of my voice, come on down, and we'll give you a crash course in all things Memphis. I promise you will not want to miss it. This is also one of my favorite venues for this event. The Planetarium oh, at Mosh is really honestly the best place you can have this type of event and there's it's really conducive to hearing everything and learning but also to have prime networking opportunities after and beforehand so i would advise all of you to come on out it is a free event thanks to our sponsor regional one health and then later on we have tedx memphis coming up in early 2023 and to make sure that we get that started off on the right foot we have speaker applications which are currently open the deadline for those is October 7th, and you can find out more about that at newmemphis.org as well, or you can head over to tedx-memphis.com for applications, um, and I hope that Michelle gave you a little bit of much-needed advice. Absolutely, and I, if I'm allowed to say the theme, I just absolutely am so excited by it. Um Truth or Dare, which I think could be taken a lot of fun ways and, and also reminds me of some of, you know, the childhood uh, things we've been talking about today. So think about that tomic, topic, ruminate on it, uh, and then take Michelle's advice. If not you, who? And uh, and go fill out one of those applications. And lean in. Lean into something um, that might be a little bit outside of your comfort zone. Like Aaron said, if not you, then who? I mean, come on now. Send in one of those applications by the deadline, which again is October 7th. I would be remiss not to remind you that New Memphis is a local nonprofit. So we covet not only your feedback and your support, but also your financial support. So if you would like to um, donate, you can email us at info at newmemphis.org, or you can follow us along at, at the New Memphis on Instagram. And I believe there is a donate button there as well. And if you would like to send us some feedback about what you like about our podcast, that would be great. You can also subscribe. You can rate us. You can review us. Only five stars and nice remarks, please. <laughs> and thanks again to our wonderful partners uh, for making this radio show a possibility for us over at WYXR. So until next Tuesday. Have a good one. Bye. This week's episode was made possible by our friends at Independent Bank. You can learn more about them at i-bankonline.com.